and the Squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, a lot of my conservative MAGA friends have had it, totally have had it with conservative Republicans on Capitol Hill, so-called conservative Republicans. Uh, there are people that I follow and like and I've talked to before, uh, people like Charlie Kirk. You know him, right? Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA. He is totally furious with Speaker um, Johnson, Mike Johnson, who, look, I mean, I hope these Congress people do what they do well. Uh, I, I keep an eye on it. I can't uh, watch Mike Johnson like a hawk. You know, I mean, most people, I asked this guy yesterday, very smart guy, totally up on politics, uh, railing about Mike Johnson. I'm like, by the way, who's your congressman? They're like, uh, Sean Patrick Maloney. I'm like, uh, no, it's not actually. <laughs> It's impossible. Sean Patrick Maloney, Maloney was voted out. You are represented by Michael Lawler. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, thanks. Um, so here's what uh, I don't know. I mean, Charlie Kirk says the situation on Capitol Hill and beyond is unsustainable. He writes, Republican leaders are playing with fire. You cannot terrorize a citizenry and make them poor each day and expect them to obey. Republican leaders are complicit in the intentional downfall of America, the country is on the verge of destabilization. 12,000 illegals a day, flooding the system with meaningless cash. The FBI gets a bigger budget. Ukraine gets more cash. And Trump facing 700 years in prison. Speaker Johnson is not representing Republican voters. Right now, he is Paul Ryan with a Bible verse. Wow. Wow. Um, and I, there are weird things that are going down here. Speaker Johnson has been busy getting ready to sign off on FISA Section 702, continuation and expansion. That's basically warrant, warrantless wiretapping on Americans. Do not do it, Speaker Johnson. Vote no to FISA 702 government surveillance. Oh, man. Are we, is he a rhino as well? See a guy who uh, came to Washington, D.C. to stay in Washington, D.C.? There are a lot of them out there. You know, Mike Johnson, before he was uh, a member of Congress, and he hasn't been in Congress all that long. I think he got there in 2016. Uh, but before that, he was a um, he was in Baton Rouge. The capital of Louisiana is Baton Rouge, right, Jan Brady? And or Cindy, was it? Anyway, he was a lawmaker there and he was uh, only he's a career politician. And sometimes these career politicians, they're great sometimes, but a lot of times, quite frankly, most of the time, they're in it for a career, right? How do they provide the most for themselves and their family visa the government? And uh, I wonder. I, I'm wondering about Mike Johnson. Be careful, Mike. You know what happened to uh, uh, Kevin? Kevin, he's gone. He's gone. Um I'm also not hearing enough about, well, Mike Johnson does say the right things on January 6th. Look, if the country were going down in tubes like this and you were a member of Congress, don't you think you should be doing a little bit more? I see a picture of him with, here's Mike Johnson with Chuck Schumer, evil-looking guy, uh, Mitch McConnell, terrified-looking guy, and Hakeem Jeffries, weird-looking guy, Hakeem from Brooklyn. 
Hakeem. You know, people will not take on Hakeem. A lot of, lot of, uh, you know where you really see it. Uh, where optics and most people, conservatives, even a lot of liberals, regular people, we don't care what people look like. Doesn't matter your ethnicity or your race or your gender, right? But in the elite world, so-called elite, let's, we've got to come up for another word than elite. Let's call it in the fake news swampy world. You can only say certain things to certain people. And, uh, it's one of the reasons why I love last night CNN, um, would not stand for it when Abby Phillips was trying to <laughs> correct him on January 6th. All right. So January 6th comes up. Vivek has been talking about January 6th, pointing out that it looks like it was a, uh, a setup, uh, that people were entrapped. And he's raising questions like I have for three years now. Why did the cops let so many people in? Why did so many people who didn't break anything or hurt anybody? Why are they being prosecuted? Uh, why? was the greatest security failure in the history of the Capitol Hill Police Department. Why do they turn around and give them all gold medals? Why do those three cops walk away just before Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed woman, was shot and killed by Michael Byrd, a tax deadbeat, by the way, uh, who was promoted? He should be in jail. He was promoted for killing an unarmed woman. Remember, the key part of that, though, is Michael Byrd happened to be black. And Ashley Babbitt happened to be a working-class white woman. And there's nothing lower than that, according to today's warped, wicked world. All right, so last night, Vivek, on his town hall on January 6th, Vivek Ramaswamy, cut 29, please. Let me ask you about something that you said at the debate last week. You used the phrase, inside job, to describe what happened on January 6th. The next day... Capitol rioter Alan Hosteller uh, highlighted your comments at his sentencing. He is going to prison for 11 years. Hosteller uh, threatened members of Congress. He brought a hatchet, knives, pepper spray, stun batons, tactical gear to the U.S. Capitol. Are you concerned that a convicted felon like that is now promoting your comments in court? So here's my concern, Abby, and I want to tell you guys where I'm at. If you had told me, it's close to three years ago that January 6, 2021 happened. If you had told me three years ago, back when I was a biotech CEO, not steeped in this world, I was just consuming passive media but was focused on my world of developing medicines. If you had told me that January 6 was in any way an inside job, the subject of government entrapment, I would have told you that was crazy talk. Fringe conspiracy theory nonsense. I can tell you now, having gone somewhat deep in this, it's not. I mean, the reality is this. We do have a government, first of all, we have to acknowledge that has lied to us systematically over the last several years about the origin of COVID-19, about the Hunter Biden laptop that we were told was false by 51 CIA experts and otherwise before we now know that it was true. You can go straight down the list, the Trump-Russia disinformation collusion hoax, all of it. Now we come to January 6th. The reality is we know that there were federal law enforcement agents in that field. We don't know how many. I think it's Mr. shameful. And if, if I may finish this answer, well, let me just. Is, I, really I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you here because because I know this, that there the establishment were, doesn't approve of this message. I know that there this, were federal agents. You should agents. be able to talk about this. You're saying that there were federal this is, agents. This is important to talk about. You are saying important. there were federal agents in the crowd on on, yes. on January 6th. Yep. There is no evidence that there were federal agents in the crowd on January 6th. So, so why, before Congress, when pressed on what the number was, they didn't say there were none. They just couldn't so say how many there were. So you're saying that there's no that you have not seen evi- any evidence. So that we've there seen were. multiple. 
and so we've seen multiple informants suggesting that they were. We know people. Were, we know people were FBI informants who were asking. Is there me. any evidence? May I, may I, may I just, may I just there, finish let me, this well, and let me, you can come back and question me? Well, let me clarify. I know this is very uncomfortable for you. I'm going to clarify my question. I know this is an uncomfortable issue for many people, but we have to do the truth. I'm going to clarify my question because I want to make sure that you understand what I'm asking. I understand this deeply. And I told you, I was working three years ago. I'm not there now. Where is the evidence? Yes. Where is the evidence that the government had a plot? An inside job. But no, no, I'm going to say what inside job is because I'm not going to, I'm not violent on January 6th. Where I'm not going to let you put words in my that? mouth. I'm going to put my words in my mouth. And I'm going to tell you what, what I mean by that. Where is the evidence that the government was involved Entrapment. in planning or executing okay. January 6th? So Where's I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you hard facts. And, and if I may, Abby, I know this is going to be a little uncomfortable, but we're going to, we're, we're going to go through this and you can, and you can, you can push Just back on it. the evidence. That. And you can push back on that. And let's do this fairly. Why did they suppress footage? of now what's been released, 200 hours of footage of shooting rubber bullets into that crowd, shooting tear gas into that crowd. You didn't see that before. You saw what the response was to that. Uh, now you see footage coming out of actually rolling out the red carpet for Capitol Mr. Police allowing Mr. people in. Again, right through the front the door. vast majority I mean, of that footage should have been released show, before, Abby. Mr. Ramaswamy, the vast majority been released of the before. footage shows and my police officers being overrun and, and I want to talk about one more by violent really rioters. That's yeah, I'm going to give you, hard, I'm gonna give you some hard facts. Of so what, here's what entrapment is. I'm not cherry picking. If I may finish, Abby. If I may finish, Abby. I'm not cherry picking. Examples. To the contrary. To the country, you don't cherry pick. You don't cherry pick the government. That is what happened. The government cherry picked 12 hours of footage when there was 200 hours of footage. Cherry picking was the government, not me. Release the whole thing. And let me let me just finish one thing too, because this is super important as a topic. So when you, I think this is a civil libertarian issue of our time. When we're talking, Gretchen Whitmer's kidnapping. I want to keep. I want to be really clear on this, because it's the same issue in the same FBI, same even part of the FBI. Three people who were an alleged plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer were acquitted at the end of trial. Because it was entrapment. That is, government agents put them up to do something they otherwise wouldn't have done. They gave them credit cards with spending limits of up to $5,000, encouraged them to buy munitions, plan something they weren't otherwise willing to plan. So much so, and I want people at home to know this, especially CNN viewers to know this, is that one of the jurors went to those defendants and apologized afterwards, gave him a hug, apologized, seeing what the government had put a poor guy up to, who had to go to some Mexican restaurant across the street to get hot water. These people were exploited with credit cards up to $5,000, FBI agents, putting them up to a kidnapping plot that we were told was true but was entrapment. 14, Same thing with the Capitol Police. People Mr. letting Ramaswamy, them in freely. Many of those people Mr. then Mr. Ramaswamy, look, The government cannot I, put you up I to do something and then Mr. charge Ramaswamy, you for it. Look, That's wrong. I don't want to have to. Wrong to, to the left I don't, right, I don't, don't want to I don't want to have to interrupt you. I really don't. But I don't want you to mislead the audience here or I'm at not. home. Abby, 14, I think they've been misled 14, by mainstream media. 14. Wow. Abby, some lady named Abby is going to straighten everything out, right? We just got to listen to Abby. Who the hell is Abby? Abby, you run for president. This man's running for president. This man, this man beat Vice President Mike Pence, your hero for January 6th, all right? Let the guy speak. Amazing, amazing guy. Uh, so proud, so happy that he's in the race. Pr- Why am I proud? Actually, I I had him in the. I had him. I talked to him eight months ago, and the first thing I asked him was, "All right, so uh, Vivek, it's a f- unique name. Uh, tell us a little bit about it, and how do you say it?" He's like, "I appreciate the question," and uh, he told me it was Vivek like cake. And we had a very nice uh, conversation, and look at him now. Uh, I do keep. Uh, he's you know, I've, I've seen him since. We've had him on since. Uh, he's been here actually in this room. Uh, it's just fascinating to hear, finally, somebody at that level talking about these things. And uh, you hear the the fake news. Now, 
what you know about federal agents in the crowd. Federal agents were there on January 6th and FBI informants. Now, I never knew it never even occurred to me that there were actual possibly FBI agents or FBI informants dressed like MAGA people when they weren't MAGA people inside the Capitol waiting for the crowd to arrive. Never occurred to me until uh, Congressman Clay Higgins put the question to Christopher Ray, the FBI director. You know, just because the FBI director says something doesn't mean it's true. I mean, like, well, the FBI director said there was nothing. No, but that's not how our government works. CNN, gullible network. My goodness, the gullible. Actually, just they're just pushing the left. Are we ready with that? Okay, uh, this is a great moment. Uh, Republican Clay Higgins from Louisiana questioning the uh, FBI director, that snake named Ray. Did the FBI have competent forces embedded within the January 6th protesters? On January 6th of 2021. Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when. Even now, because that's what you told us two years ago. May I finish? Uh, About when we do and do not and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, But to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being opened? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a no. Can you not tell the American people no? We did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my... Decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, gentleman's time has expired. Unbelievable. And and Ray was nervous and mad that he got caught, that he got caught, dismantled the FBI from top to bottom. They have lost the trust of the American people. I'm sorry for the few good agents there are. FBI, Friends of Biden Incorporated, forever blowing it. FBI, forever bothering the innocent. Enough. Over. Redo it. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Across America, Hanukkah menorahs are being vandalized by crazy anti-semi-pro-terrorist idiots all over the place. Happening here in America, also happening in Europe. Did you see that uh, parliament member of uh, the Warsaw uh, Poland Parliament 
took a fire extinguisher and tried to put out the menorah. They actually had candles. Anti-Semitism. I didn't know. Was it? It's a thing in Poland too. All right. Um, Barbara, hi. Greg, hey, I heard you speaking about the mayor of Boston and the idea of having a party for electeds of color. No one else. What a disgrace. And it's ironic. This Saturday is the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party, the party that ignited a revolution. I found a wonderful article about it that talks about a million dollars in today's money worth of tea was destroyed. And the colonists knew that there would be repercussions, but they had to take a stand. They had had enough usurpations and enough unrepresentation, no representation and taxation. So they took the step that night to dispose of the tea. They were very careful. They made sure that none of the people boarding the ships to dispose of the tea actually took any with them. They all had to take off their boots and empty their pockets after they left the ship because they wanted it to be clear that this was a statement. This was not looting and theft. This was a statement of... um, of revolt against the taxation. And Josiah Quincy prayed to God. He said, I see the clouds that now rise thick and fast on the horizon. The thunders roll and the lightnings play. And to that God who rides on the whirlwind and directs the storm, I commit my country. So beautiful, so powerful. I did not know that the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party is Saturday? Yes, it's this Saturday. Yes, it was December 16th of 1773. And they did not, the men who participated in that, it was basically um, a bunch of young men who had dressed up as Indians. And they were standing outside a public meeting. There were public meetings being held throughout the colonies to protest the taxation. And that night at the Old South Meeting House, when the meeting was adjourned, John Adams said, in disappointment. There is nothing else this meeting can do to save our country. And with that, someone yelled out, Boston Harbor, a teapot this night. And then they heard these young men outside. They looked out. They saw them dressed in Indian garb and heading off toward the harbor. Everyone in that building followed them, except the men who knew they would be easily recognizable. They ended up with 100 people actually participating in dumping this billion dollars worth of tea into the harbor. Well, you know that tea party, boy, oh boy, and they inspired uh they inspired another movement uh 230 years or so later, the Tea Party movement here in America, which in a way gave rise to Trump in in many respects. Well, Barbara, thank you so much for the for the wisdom and the insight and the history. We so appreciate it. There's the music. Ah, when we come up, Joseph McBride, total patriot fighting for the January 6th, the wrongly accused, convicted, and imprisoned from January 6th. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. January 6th, 2021. You know, um, so many lies about that day, so many unanswered questions, so many questions that haven't even been asked that whole crazy, phony January 6th committee and all the stunts they pulled, uh, and, and so many poor people have been, uh, imprisoned, wrongly accused, uh, wrongly imprisoned, and, uh, 
Our next guest, Joseph McBride, defense attorney, has been fighting the great fight uh, for these wrongly accused, persecuted people. Uh, Joseph McBride joins us right now. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing well, Greg. It's it's good to be with you again. Thank you for having me and for your, your continuing coverage on this important issue. Uh, well, it's uh, look, it's an honor. And uh, number one, can you just you're a criminal defense attorney. How did you first um, how did you first get involved in January 6th defense? Uh oh, Joe. Uh, yeah, can you guys hear me? <laughs> yeah, we can now. Uh, hey, I don't know if you heard my question, but how did you get first involved in the January 6th uh, defense stuff? Well, I think we lost him. What kind of phone was he on? Oh, well. Um, well, we're calling him right back. So, you know, the guy that he represented, I think most famous, is Big O Barnett. Big O Barnett, guy from uh, Alabama, you, you definitely have seen his picture. He <laughs> He did not break into the Capitol. He didn't harm anybody. He didn't hurt anyone. He didn't break anything. His big crime, um, putting his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Remember that picture? And then they try to hit him with another crime. Um, he took an envelope with a stamp on it. And they said, well, he's, he, he stole federal property. Funny thing is, he actually left money. He left 75 cents for the stamp on the desk. He said a couple of crass things, but you know what? This is still America. You're allowed to do that, and I believe he's in jail right now, but it would have been a lot worse had Joseph McBride not been involved. Joe is back with us on the phone. Joe, skip my first question. Can you give me an update on uh, Big O Barnett, the uh, guy famously caught with his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk? What is the status of that case? Well, Big O is cur- currently appealing uh, his, his conviction. Amongst other things, he's going to argue, and he is arguing that the 1512 charge uh, should it should not have stuck with the D.C. jury. That any reasonable jury uh, should have understood that he was not guilty of acting corruptly under the meaning of the statute. Uh, that is the big problem with this charge. They 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 took this charge and they expanded it to say that anybody who was on Capitol grounds, anybody who entered the Capitol that day, is guilty of obstructing an official proceeding. That is simply just not the case. Uh, this is the only way the Department of Justice was able to, to inculpate all the people who went there. It's been very problematic since Jump, just since Jump Street. But because the D.C. bench is politicized, because it's such a very highly, highly heavy Joe Biden positive jury pool, 96, 97 percent positive Joe Biden. And because the Department of Justice has no respect for the rule of law, they've been able to get away with it. Thank God that Judge Nichols has had the courage to say, hey, look, I'm on the right side of history here. This is about document shredding. This is about Enron. This is about, you know, white collar criminals trying to uh, get ahead of, of a criminal investigation and obstruct the process down the road. This is not about blue-collar American citizens coming in to object to the election result. Even if they pushed over a lantern or broke a picture, that's got nothing to do with obstructing an official proceeding. It looks like the Supreme Court is going to agree with them. And if the Supreme Court does agree with them, cases like Barnett's, Trump's, and everybody else who's been uh, convicted uh, since, since January 6th up until today are going to be ripe for dismissal, ripe for appeal, and right for all other different types of wrongful conviction lawsuits. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens um, after the Supreme Court hears arguments on this case. 
I love it. And by the way, I don't know if you watch much MSNBC or CNN, but they have all these former federal prosecutors. And sometimes I don't think they realize they're on TV because what they're doing is 90% of the time scheming together, salivating about how they can bend the law, distort the law uh, to the greatest extent possible to get January Sixers and to get Trump. The, and especially that guy, Andrew Weissman. I mean, what they are actually talking about, what they reveal themselves to be, I mean, these are overzealous prosecutors by definition. Have you noticed that they really are out to kind of twist the law like they apparently did in this case and they want to do more of it? Yes, 100 percent, Greg. Look, when, when you ha- when you're getting rid of when you're dissolving tradition, you're dissolving gender roles, you're dissolving the founding fathers thoughts of this country. You have nothing left to stand on your politics and your political party. It becomes your faith. It becomes your religion. And that zeal becomes religious to the point where you want to crucify anybody who disagrees with you. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Prosecutors have the highest duty of any lawyer. Anybody who becomes a lawyer, prosecutor has the highest duty to to carry out the, the functions of their office scrupulously, making sure that justice is administered fairly and impartially. And what you're seeing here is the out-and-out assassination of everybody who thinks or views the world differently than they do. And that's how they're able to do this. You don't hear any objective interpretation of the law. You don't hear, well, Greg, on one side this, on on the other side of that. All you hear is guilty, 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 Trump, 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 January 6th, January 6th, January January 6th. And the last time that we saw this was with 9-11. They held uh, enemy combatants indefinitely in jail for an extended period of time. And good defense attorneys, especially New York attorneys, cried foul and said, hey, you can't do this. We're the United States. We don't behave like the government in Baghdad did or the government in the, or the Taliban. There's due process here. And what they have done is they have constructively treated American citizens as if they were terrorists by holding, it, holding them in jail indefinitely, setting aside all previous president before January 6th when it comes to bail reform, setting aside all previous precedent when it comes to discovery in order to turn the screws to each January 6th defendant and end in order to – obviously get to President Trump. The more January 6th defendants that they convict, the more credence and the more credibility they view in their own warped minds that they have for President Trump's conviction. If the Supreme Court rules against them, everything falls apart. Their corruption and and their one-sidedness will be set before the whole world generationally, and this will be a black stain finally uncovered um, after three years of vicious, vicious political persecutions by one side. That is wild. You know, I never thought about it. Look, let's face it. We all wanted the uh, 9-11 terrorists and those who supported them dead. And we killed a lot of them on the battlefield in Afghanistan. And that was right and good. Uh, now, some of them, whether they were involved or not, ultimately wound up on American soil, Guantanamo Bay. That's an American facility. And you're saying something that I did not think about at the time, but... If we treat our enemies, if we blow off the law for our enemies, the danger is that they can blow off the law for our friends, ultimately. And that seems to have what happened here. That, that's that, that's ex- exactly right. You know, as the United States of America, you know, as America goes, so goes the world. We have a duty, almost like the prosecutors, to hold ourselves to the highest standard because the world looks to us to see how due process is conducted in criminal court. 
And if we don't do that, even for our worst enemies, if we don't do that, even for those who, who, who we, we believe to be on the fringe of society, then, uh, you know, we can't do it for some of the people who, who, are, who we cherish and who are the best to us. It's, it's very unfortunate. Um, what has happened here, but we have an opportunity. We have this very brief moment in time to correct this. This is the beauty of the checks and balances of the of the American system. This is the beauty of the power of the Supreme Court to be able to say Department of Justice, Executive Branch, January 6th Committee, Legislative Branch, you've been out of control for, for so long, but now that these matters have come before us. It's within our power, and we are duty-bound to set the record straight and, and to correct the record for history. Otherwise, the state of the country and, and, the, and, the, and the trajectory of the country going forward is not going to be well. It is my greatest hope that the Supreme Court comes out right on this, and I encourage all of your uh, listeners to, to, to pray, no matter what your faith is, with all your heart and soul, that they did do the right thing by the American people with regard to this important decision. So you, um, you're one of the few. I mean, you're, you're a patriot, you're a lawyer. So many lawyers are afraid. And you just said a little while ago, you know, January 6, 6, 6, Trump, 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 bad, 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 all of it. That is like the party line, not just for Democrats, but for like big law, big corporate law firms, small corporate law firms, medias, medium-sized law firms. You really are my, – my sense is you are sticking your neck out big time, and it shouldn't be like this. Everybody deserves a lawyer, but they have made it so it's almost – it's dangerous, it's toxic, it's uh, – you're 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 incurring a lot of risk by getting involved with January 6th defendants professionally. Am I right? Yeah, yeah for, for sure, but, you know – I, despite my potty mouth and my imperfections, I am a dedicated and practicing Roman Catholic. And the reason why I bring that up is because my faith informs a lot of what I do. And the person that I worship, the person that I believe to be God, Jesus Christ, he is the most famously wrongfully convicted person of all time. Huh. And when you look at, at Scripture, you look at the stories with David and Goliath. You look at the stories of Gideon. It wasn't a, Gideon started that battle with 300,000 men, and it went all the way down to 300 men in the end because God and the universe are often not after quantity. They're after quality of the man or woman who's ready and willing to stand up on the right side of history. And in my gut, I believe that my calling to be, be a lawyer is, 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 is exactly that. It's a vocation. It's something that God and the universe have asked me and selected me to do. And I have to honor it the right way. Otherwise, when I go to see him uh, after this life and I go to Judgment Day, you know, he's, he's going to tell me I wasn't faithful with the gifts that he's been given to me. So I got to do the right thing. I love my country. I love these people. I even love these Democrats who are on the wrong side of history. We just need to forgive each other. We need to set the record straight. We need to stop hating each other because people see the world differently than us. And we need to follow the rule of law. The rule of law was, is there for good reason. The Constitution, the Bill of Rights was written during times like these in anticipation of times like these to get us through times like these. If we adhere to the law, we're good to go for the future. If we don't, all is lost. You're amazing, Joe. It's so amazing. Joe, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in, in Brooklyn and Long Island. I went to John Jay College and in, in Cardozo Law for college and law school. And I've been in and around the, uh, the New York City area and Long Island my entire life, but most of my life in Brooklyn. Where on Long Island? Mastic Shirley. I went to William Floyd High School, graduated high school out there in, uh, in 1997. 
and, and then eventually uh, wound up at John Jay College. I became a lawyer in, in response to my brother's own wrongful conviction. Uh, I, I know what it's like to have my hands, uh, my family's fate in the hands of an attorney that doesn't care. Um, my brother absolutely did nothing wrong, and, and he got tricked into signing a very bad plea deal. And it landed him in jail for 15 years. It, it, my, my mom and dad were devastated, and you know I decided to become an attorney that that night. I had to, I had to go to college and, and then law school. It took me 10 years to become an attorney in an effort to try to get my brother out. By the time I had graduated and got admitted to the bar, my brother had maxed out. It took me 10 years, but I dedicated my life to sticking up for people who have been unfairly and overly prosecuted by the government because I know what it did to my life. I know what it's like to be a suffering family member, powerless, and I take all that into court with me and, and, and into every phone conversation that I have with every one of these clients because it's uh, it's imprinted upon my soul. Wow. Wow. I mean, uh, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of lawyers uh, just don't give a damn, do they? It's another uh, it's just another paycheck. It's another whatever. Right. We've. Hell, we all saw that movie, Justice for All. <laughs> Remember yeah. with Al, Al Pacino? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, that maybe I'll go out like that on my very last case. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, listen, you said we can pray. Uh, Joe McBride, if anybody's in a jam, uh, and I hope they aren't, but uh, how can they find you? I am a McBride Law NYC across social media. My, my team and I are responsive to our, uh, our messages there. And, of course, uh, McBrideLawNYC.com. My email is there. My phone number is there. Those are the easiest ways uh, to, to get to me. And if I can't respond to you personally, a member of my, of my team can certainly uh, get back to you uh, in, a, in a reasonable amount of time. All right. McBride Law NYC, right? M-C-B-R-I-D-E? Yes, sir. All right. Hey, do me a favor. Our producers need to uh, talk to you. It looks like Rich might be in a jam right now. <laughs> if, I don't know if he's looking for free legal advice, but he's waving his arms. He wants to talk to you, okay? And if he is looking for legal advice, start the clock. <laughs> Joseph McBride, we so appreciate you, what you're doing. Thank you for sharing your story. Uh, best to all the wrongly accused uh, January Sixers, and we will be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Did some stupid casino open in Las Vegas? My Instagram, everybody is talking about this silly party at some, the last thing America needs, another great, big, dumb, silly, gaudy casino. And, uh, ooh, Justin Timberlake was there. And Tom Brady, does, does Tom Brady, I mean, has 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 the idea of service ever entered this guy's head? Where are his kids? He's still hanging around with that supermodel all the time. Sh- Karina, Sharina, Sharak, whatever her name is, picking her up, dropping her off in his Rolls Royce. That's all this guy seems to do. He's always alone, too. Doesn't he have, like, five kids from two different women? I don't know. I don't know. I, I know I'm sounding a little jerky, but uh, I don't know. Mike in South Carolina, hello. Hey, Greg, how you doing? I just want to say that I listen to you every day. Appreciate your show and your uh, outlook on everything. Uh, piggybacking on what Augustine said, for all those folks looking to move down to South Carolina, I looked at Cheerios the other day, $9 for a box of Cheerios, which made me think of Joe Biden's statement, anyone under $400,000 will not 
be taxed anymore. Well, it's in a form of another tax, which we've been getting hit over the head with for uh, the last couple of years. So, uh, Damn, was that regular anyway. Cheerios or Honey Nut Cheerios? Was it one of the uh, you know higher-end versions of Cheerios? What kind of Cheerios? Regular Cheerios, but it was family size, I will say. Uh, but still, $9. That's crazy. Now, one thing we can reevaluate, as we will do, as these prices go crazy, you know what? Cheerios, which I used to eat basically every day for from, like, kindergarten to sixth grade, is not a good way to start the day. There's a hell of a lot of sugar in it. Uh, it basically gets you hungry right away. Uh, so you want to eat more Cheerios and then eat more. You ever notice on the side, remember the old picture? Uh it gives you all of the daily nutrients if you have it as part of this nutritious breakfast. And it had like a piece of toast and two eggs and orange juice and broccoli, right? That's how you get all your required vitamins. What else about yeah. Cheerios? I mean, do you also remember that bogus saying, uh, it's the most important meal of the day, breakfast? You know who came up with that? The, the Breakfast Council, a, a consortium of uh, groups like General Mills and others who uh, really wanted to sell people cereal. So anyway, I know that's not the point of your call or whatever, but it is a time, and every time I go to the grocery store, which isn't often, my wife takes care of it, but I notice how much junk people buy, including myself sometimes. The other day I tried to put, uh, what was it called, uh, diet jello, diet jello. I wanted, like, jello. There's no reason in the world to eat jello. Mike, I so appreciate the call. Uh, South Carolina, where? So I'm in Lexington, but my parents are in Garden City uh, for the last 25 years. So I do miss it, and I miss them, but the price is right down here for a new house, you know. Yeah, no, it sounds like. What? It's good and bad, pluses and minuses, you know. Sure, sure. Well, enjoy it. Uh, People are raving about South Carolina. Thank you, Mike. Okay, Sandra. Hi, Craig. Um, I wanted to tell you and everyone that seven children were rushed to the hospital. They were fourth graders in school. They were having lunch, and one of the boys wanted to share his gummy bears. And it turns out that these gummy bears were ingested with fentanyl. I mean, the kids ingested it. It had fentanyl in it. And the perpetrators are in jail. But the point I want to make is, how do you teach your kids? You want them to share. It's a nice thing to do. So then I thought, well, you could say you can't share food because maybe they're allergic. Maybe that's what you have to teach your kids because this is dangerous. You know, these kids are just having fun, sharing gummy bears, and they all got so sick. Two had to go in an ambulance. The others had to be rushed to the hospital. So what do you think, Greg? I have no idea. I'm just trying to get my daughter to not push her sister. I mean, my, my goodness, she's pushing, and I mean, uh, look, any tips, you know, I'm not the last one. I'm tr- I'm working with this stuff myself. Thank you, Sandra. Wow, it's terrible about those kids. Adam in Hempstead. Yeah, how you doing, sir? Could you please tell those guys complaining about pricing? I'm in Nassau County, New York, where everything is high, but I got gas for $2.93 yesterday. Go, Bidenomics, go! All right. No more, Adam. Sorry, Adam. It was real while it lasted. You've got a fan base out there. Get your own, get yourself a podcast. 
and leave me alone. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.